Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 151, Fear of Getting Old. It's November 30th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, etc. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any capacity. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Fear of getting old. Well, that's actually a real thing, and it's abbreviated F-O-G-O, fear of getting old. In this podcast, I'm going to break this apart and hopefully give you some freedom from this, because this cannot feel good. I can't imagine living life being afraid to get old, because that's not been one of my fears. But I have a lot to say about this. So, If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you will visit my website, and enter my current giveaway, which if you're not following along, the giveaway, the get the prize winners and the prizes will not be dealt with until January, February or early 2024 because of my car accident on Labor Day and my limited <laughs> mobility and my recovery. But enter it anyway, because then I'll have a bigger pool of winners for the uh, plug-in uh, or my IT guy to pick from. So that would be great. Now, also, you should understand that I am not a therapist, I am not a medical professional, and nothing I say in this podcast or any of my other content in any format or any form is designed to be medical or therapy advice. It is not that. Next, if you happen to be in the deaf or hard of hearing community or you know people who are, please let them know that I have transcripts available on my hosting platform, rss.com, for their convenience, which by the way, people who are hearing people can also use the transcripts, which is why they were originally, why I originally uh, began having my IT guy generate them was for hearing. So it's applicable to anybody. And last but not least, certainly not least, if you are feeling suicidal, if life is too hard for you, or you feel like you don't matter, and it's just, it's just not something you want to continue living, my request is that you call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255, or call or text 988. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. Or you can call or text 988. Now, I'm not sure that 988 is operational in every state. I've been researching that and people, I don't know. If you know, you can let me know. It's supposed to be, eventually, 988 will work in every U.S. state, but it's it's a question for me right now. But now you've got both numbers. Okay. Fear of getting old. Well, this is apparently when I went to do some research on this topic, that's when I happened upon the FOGO that, that it's a real thing and it's called fear of getting old. Wow. Like it was like, I was like, wow. Now I do know people who've expressed this to me. I've talked to people about this over the years. I happen to have a different take on uh, getting old. And of course it's a good thing because I'm actually right now I am old. <laughs> I'm in that old category. I don't feel old and I might not act old, but I'm definitely technically old. 
<laughs> and enjoying every minute of it. So when I talk about the fear of getting old, though, I am going to make it distinct from a phobia. So there is a phobia category for fear of getting old, which includes excessive fear or anxiety about the process of growing older. And so for you to have the the phobia, you would it would have to be excessive, persistent, and irrational, an irrational fear of aging. But for most people, it falls under the just the general, you know, fear of getting old. And it's reasonable. Now it's very reasonable to have this fear because there's a whole there's a whole little ball of wax here. So part of the fear, whenever we have fear, sometimes it's because there's an unknown. So fear of the unknown is reasonable, people. It's reasonable to be scared and like anxious and fearful of the unknown because you don't know. So there's part of it is that. And of course, when you get older, there can also mean that, well, you're going to die. And so part of fear of getting old can it can implicitly or explicitly include the fear of death and dying, which is a fear for many people. Not one of mine, but, you know, yay me. But it could be one of yours, which kind of then we're kind of compounding it. We're layering on. So we've got the fear of the unknown. We've got lots of things that are associated with aging, which can be negative. Then we've got the fear of death or dying. So you can see where it would be kind of like a sticky wicket or like a, just a convoluted mess. So the first part for me, for you, because I'm not afraid of getting older. I'm already old and I have my old age planned out. Like I know how it's going to go and I'll be talking about that. So this is for you. My podcasts are for you people, not for me. Um, so do you know where your fear is originating from? Do you know how this got formed? Some people know and some people don't know. Like for some of you, you've had a negative experience with aging or getting older. So that could be a family member. It could even be a parent. It could be a loved one. It could have been someone else. And for some people, this is a very, it scars them. It leaves them wounded and and like, oh boy, I don't, I'm not going to do that. It's just a very negative experience that then colors their view moving forward. So, you know, for some people, unfortunately, tragically, many people have had to watch a parent either die suddenly or die from a prolonged illness. So maybe their parent is 20 years older than them, but it, 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 just changes their view moving forward like so the question to start this podcast is what happened to you to help you and there may be something or maybe not to become fearful about getting older was there actually something now there may be or maybe not if it wasn't a family member and certainly if you saw anyone a loved one or other suffer with dementia or alzheimer's that could be a very significant factor i know people who've been down that road and um, sometimes the family members or other friends will then become overly concerned about Alzheimer's or dementia. I'm not saying you shouldn't be, but I will be addressing that. Um, so the same goes if someone had a prolonged illness. That can be, it could be even, they wouldn't have to be old. So it's it's oh, usually always helpful to understand what are the underpinnings of any fears or concerns or anxiety? It's, it can be helpful. It's not absolutely necessary. Now, my relationship with aging, <laughs> I'm going to tell on myself. So starting at around age two, according to my beloved 
mother, God rest her soul, I started leaving the house at age two, literally age two, and going next door to the neighbors and sitting on their porch and talking with them at length. Now, they were a retired elderly couple with no children, and I would stay there until I was either called home or I had to go to the bathroom or one or the other happened, and then I would leave. But I did this during the warm months of the year, day in and day out. And clearly I enjoyed it because I wouldn't go back as a two-year-old. Nobody made me leave the house at two and go to the next door neighbors, Mr. and Mrs. Arms. No, nobody made me do that. I did it because it was very, very enjoyable. And it may be, we suspect maybe where I've gotten some of my like wisdom of the ages, which apparently I've had for a while, long time, that clearly might be it. It would be like going to an ashram from age two to age 10. Now, when we moved to state college, when I was five, I did it with the new next door, who had new next door neighbors. And guess what? They were older and they sat on their porch and I'd go over and talk to them. So, so my relationship to older people is beautiful. It's, a, it's amazing. And I'll weave some other little tidbits in when I give you some other ideas, but it could be that you had a negative experience. And if that's the case, don't have that be wrong, but bring some compassion to yourself because that would be reasonable. It would be completely normal. So we're going to start with fear. So we as society in general, generally speaking, are not very adept and good at dealing with emotions, particularly the difficult emotions and particularly fear. We're just not skilled. It's not our skill set. I would like to change that. I would like to interrupt that. I'm working on it. Um, but, you know, so fear of aging is no different. People are afraid of getting older. It's it's not just the unknown. It's all the things that you hear that are associated with aging. And that's fine because there's different kinds of aging, which I will be talking about because I want you, my people, to have a certain kind of aging when you're getting older, not the regular aging. So the way to deal with, one way to deal with fear is to take back your power by sorting it out. Fear will have power over you until you sort it out. If you sort it out, you can then take back your power and take appropriate action. To help you with that, because I'm all about helping you, this is all for you guys, I have a free emotional workbook on my website below the Newsweek logo on the right-hand side download it, start reading it, use it as a tool. Because in my humble opinion, this is something to get ahead of. When you start to hear the suggestions I have, I think it'll become clear. Yes. How do you want to end up as an older person? Do you want to be, you know, in a wheelchair? Well, I'm kind of in a wheelchair right now because of my car accident. So I have compassion for that, but that's temporary because I can start walking next week, but that'll be slow and steady. But what kind of old person do you want to be? Do you want to be energetic? Do you want to be healthy? Do you want to be lively? Do you want to be dull? Like, I don't know, but you putting yourself in the driver's seat and getting ahead of your fear and sorting it out is going to be the most powerful position for you so that you have control. Like fear has control if you're not, if you haven't sorted it out. This is true for any kind of fear. Like if you had a fear of buying a house or you had a fear of changing jobs, or you had a fear of asking a girl out or asking a guy out or, you know, getting married or whatever, having a baby. Fear will run the show until you deal with it. Most cases, not every case, but many cases. So 
download the free workbook from my website and start getting fear handled, please. So that's number one. Now, I have other podcasts that will help you related to fear, but I think that you get the point. The next piece that will strongly influence you having a fear of getting old or not is your attitudes and beliefs. So I don't know what you believe about getting older, and that would be a good place to start. Write them down. What do you believe about aging and getting older? And where did you get those ideas? And how did you get those ideas? Like it's predictable. It's not necessarily true, but it's predictable or highly likely that you formed your existing beliefs and attitudes about aging from somewhere from you know somewhere it could have been a neighbor it could like it could have been anywhere so if you can sort that out that could be powerful could be very helpful so for like myself my relatives as they got old and i'm saying old like you know 80s 89 you know older 90 were cognitively well they were mentally well emotionally well they were active they were driving up until the end and driving well by the way not with accidents and they were engaged in life they were like you wouldn't know the difference between them and someone who was 20 except that you knew they were 89 or whatever whatever age they were so between my relatives and between the next door neighbors, both in Eagles Mare and in State College, these are the people that formed and shaped my attitudes and beliefs about getting old, which is why I wouldn't be afraid of that. Why would I be afraid if my 89-year-old, you know, great aunt is like tooling around and just as full of life as if she was 20? Like that wouldn't make me afraid of getting older. So look and see, first of all, what are your attitudes and beliefs? There are people who believe that you cannot be physically healthy at age 70 or 80 or 90 or 100. There are people who believe that. Of course, we also have plenty of evidence and videos and uh, research on people who do were 70, 80, 90, 100 and older who were healthy and spry and, and, you know, defied any kind of stereotype that you had to be sickly if you were old. So if you can sort your beliefs out and your attitudes out, that's a good place because if you have the attitude that, you know, it's not cool to be old, well, then you wouldn't want to get old. Or if you had the attitude or belief that you can't be healthy when you're old, that would really be disempowering. So like for my, my, my grandmother, she taught us to drive when I think I was like 12, 12 maybe, on, on her private property. It was private property. And then she gave us these little mini driver's licenses with our name on it. I still have mine somewhere. Uh, at least I have a picture of it, so I think I still have it. Um, and that was like so cool. Like that was so cool. A little scary driving, but again, it was very protected, you know, property with nothing on it. But that was really cool. So of course, at 12 or 13, I'm thinking, wow, like my grandmother, she is so cool. This is so cool. Look, I have this like mini driver's license and it was a great experience. Well, she taught me baking bread and lots of other things. Both of my grandmothers did and grandfathers, but you know, like what's your attitude and beliefs and where did they come from? Because if you have disempowering attitudes or beliefs, that's going to fuel the fear. 
It's going to fuel the fear and change your future. And I want you to have an amazing, positive, healthy relationship with the idea of getting older or being old, because that's what will give you power over this. You, I want you to have power in this area because it will change your future. So th that's attitudes and beliefs. Now, I understand that if you've watched your parent pass away or be very sick year after year, that is going to shape you and that will be hard to shake. And it, it might not have been your parent. It could have been a best friend. It could have been your child. It could have been, you know, a neighbor, it could have been a teacher, it could have been anybody. I understand that that can leave indelible marks. However, going back to my earlier point, get my emotional workbook and start working through your emotions. You may have unresolved grief and sadness that you have not dealt with. You, you may need to like grieve some, some of what happened. And that's not unreasonable. Like it's just not unreasonable. You could be really good with your emotions and still be grieving over something that happened 20 or 30 years ago. Trust me, I'm telling you, and that's not a bad thing necessarily. So attitudes and beliefs, they're going to, you know, make a huge difference in this topic and how your future goes. Now, because I already told you about some of my experience with old people, I will tell you that right now in the present day in 2023, when I meet a stranger who doesn't know, like when I graduated from high school or college or how old my kids are or any like defining data, like, you know, when you know how old someone's children are, you can kind of say, okay, let's assume they were 20 plus, you know, you could kind of go, well, they're at least between 45 and 55, you know, you can kind of guess their age, but if you don't know whether they have children or have any identifying data, that's a completely different guess. And many people guess my age, if they don't have data completely wrong, because simply because I don't have very many or very much gray hair. I have like hardly any gray hair. Now, <laughs> there's a reason I hardly have any gray hair and it is not because I haven't been stressed. I have been traumatized with every major trauma you can think of, unspeakable ones in fact, so we don't speak about them. So it's not because I haven't been stressed. I have been extremely stressed. It is because Back in the day when I was working on a major health problem for someone who was not supposed to live, although they did live, thank you, Jesus, uh, I read a book or heard an audio book called Dead Doctors Don't Lie. And this book, Dead Doctors Don't Lie, is by Joel Wallach, who's an MD and also a DMV. So he was originally a big animal vet or an animal vet, a vet, veterinarian who went to medical school to see if supplements would work on people the way they work on farm and zoo animals. So as a fluke, having heard this book on audio, I decided to take three supplements that he recommends to prevent gray hair. Total fluke, total forgot about it. And, um, and it turns out that not only did it work, oh, it works extremely well. Those micronutrients also prevent other major, major health problems. So that's, you know, like kudos to dead doctors don't lie. Go get that book. I'm not talking about the supplements because I don't give out medical information and I don't want to be controversial, but he's a MD and DMV. You can read his book for yourself and you can determine if you want to try the supplements or not. Um, I'm not recommending his supplements if he sells them. I don't know that he does sell supplements. I don't know what he's doing because that was 
you know, 15, 16 years, years ago that I heard the book on audio. But I will say that I also happen to have, by circumstance, I don't know if this is genes or it's because my conscience is clear It's be, or it's because of how I deal with my emotions, I don't have a ton of wrinkles. I have wrinkles because I'm old. I should have wrinkles. I do have wrinkles, but I just don't have tons. Like I saw this video of someone who's my age and I'm like, oh my God, you know, like no wonder people think I look young. She has like complete wrinkles all over and I don't have that level or number number so and and prior to the <laughs> prior to the accident not currently while I can't walk but I was very flexible and reasonably fit for my age I say reasonably fit for my age meaning that my BMI was too high I was overweight but I could I was flexible enough I could reach my hands and put them palms down on the floor bending over uh, and as a result of the accident I have a lot more work to do so I will be the old person, well, hopefully by the end of next year, that runs circles around people. Now, when my kids were moving into the dorms, I was able to keep up with the, the 17 and 18-year-old and 19, 20-year-olds pushing carts and hauling, hauling uh, belongings. So um, those are all good things, but it also is, you know, part of my experience and my views. So... The question becomes for you, what kind of old person do you want to have? What kind of life do you want to have? So let's lay out a plan. I am going to give you aspects that you could later print out the transcript and use as a check sheet for you to have a great life when you're old. I mean, the, the alternative is you're not alive. And if you're suicidal, I've already given you the... Get, you know, call or text 988 or call or, or the other um, hotline number I gave you. But the alternative to getting old is that you're not alive. Like not the best alternative people. So to have a great life when you're old, I assert there's some work for most people to do. I assert, maybe not you, hopefully not you, but probably more likely. So let's just run through that. What what would you need to do to have an amazing, fantastic life as an old person? Well, number one, there's your physical body status or your physical body fitness. Now, I've already claimed that oh, prior to the X, prior to Labor Day this year, my BMI was too high. I'm aware of that. I'm not sharing those details. Um, I mean, I, I wore a small enough size pants. I was kind of like complacent is really what it was. I walked every day, but you know, I'm wearing a small size pants. So I'm kind of like, I'm complacent. Not so much anymore. So your physical body fitness and the shape that you're in is going to have a lot to do with how you age and, and how you end up. If you want to end up in a wheelchair, okay, that's fine. That's your choice. But if you want to end up healthy and mobile and being able to travel or do things in life, your physical body is number one. It's not necessarily the only thing, but we're starting with your physical body because it's very limiting, as I have learned in the last, it's been almost three months, to have mobility issues. Like I've never had mobility issues, people. And this has been a huge wake-up call for me that not only am I going to, you know, regain the shape I had prior to the accident, I'm going to go several steps further. 
in terms of core strength, in terms of, you know, all, all, you know, weight training, all of it, because I did see things in the rehab center, uh, when I was recovering of people who really hadn't taken care of their physical bodies. And it's really kind of scary. Uh, speaking of fear of getting old. So your number one is your physical body. So what is your status of that? And what can you do to start to get in shape? Well, you have 100% control over that. Even right now, if you have mobility issues, there are exercises you can do in a wheelchair or laying on a bed. Like, you know, like stop with the excuses and start making a plan for your physical body fitness. That's number one. Now, second to your physical body fitness or physical body health is your physical health not talking about mobility now i'm talking about like health problems and other things related to health so you may be able to walk you might not have any mobility issues you might not even have you know your bmi might be perfect but you might have gi problems or migraines or other health problems so i'm talking about your overall health so prior to the accident I was on no medications for anything. I didn't have high blood pressure or any, you know, problems that I would require some medication to adjust. I still not do not have any of those problems. Thank you, Jesus. I'm like so lucky. Um, but get your health, get your physical health in order. Meaning, you know, if you ha- if you're on prescription drugs, is there a way to uh, deal with that? Well, there may or may not be. There's plenty of people who have plenty of content out there that can tell you how they dealt with this that or the other health problem uh, and got off medications i'm not against medications i'm just suggesting you really get to work on your physical health you've got your physical fitness health and then you've got your physical health do you have health issues are you on medications and do what you can to improve that there's probably a lot of things you might be surprised if you really went on the journey to explore that the third suggestion is your mental and emotional health this is number three but it could could it is just as easily been number one because what we know about physical or you know mental and emotional health is that because of the science of psychoneuroimmunology your aches and pains your gi issues your headaches your physical health issues could be caused by or result of trauma yes you heard me right You can go on PubMed and you can go on even the us.gov under the National Institutes of Health and you can find trauma-informed healthcare and trauma-informed medicine where you can find charts which contain basically every health problem you can think of and it is all a result of trauma. So that's not to say that your health problem is a result of trauma. It may or may not be. It's highly likely that it is, but... The, the point is, when you deal with your emotions and your mental and emotional health, things start to get healed and they start to settle out because this is what we're not doing in society. We are not teaching people how to manage and process their emotions. And when I say that, I mean the steps you do in your mind. You can go online and Google steps to manage and process your emotions and you will find punch a pillow, rip up a paper, draw a picture, cry, talk to a friend. These are all great things, but they're physical things. They're not the steps of the things that your mind has to go through, which is what my free workbook walks you through. So start skill building. And I would say 
if you want to have a healthy, happy, old life as an old person, this is not optional. It's not optional. And I'm telling you, it's not only not optional, it's not difficult. Your emotions run your life, whether you recognize it or not. Your emotions stop you from taking chances. Your emotions stop you from, you know, having this amazing career or job or house or family or having a spouse or a girlfriend or boyfriend or what have you. Your emotions prevent you from all of that under the category of fear and under the categories, other categories, like you've talked yourself out of it or you do negative thinking, whatever. So this is important. Get emotional skills. And I've provided you with the free tool. My next suggestion, number four, is to deal with brain health and particularly preventing cognitive decline and dementia. If you are sitting here or whatever you're doing, listening to this podcast saying, what is she talking about? I am talking about the science of neuroplasticity of the brain. That is a proven science. I have a podcast on neuroplasticity as well as psychoneuroimmunology. And what we know, what this bell has been rung. It's not ever going to be unrung. We're not going to disprove psycho or psychoneuroimmunology or neuroplasticity. But what we know from neuroplasticity of the brain is that through intentional actions or intentional stimuli, repeatedly over time, your brain can rewire itself, reprogram itself, or reorganize itself, meaning growing brain matter. So as you age, typically your brain cognitive functions will decline. That's what's typical. It's, it's usual, it's reasonable because you're not growing your brain. So neuroplasticity, trust me, if you want to age and be spry, mentally well, healthy, cognitively well, neuroplasticity is your new best friend, along with learning emotional skills and abilities from my workbook because you don't want to have cognitive decline. No. So there are many things that provide your brain neuroplasticity opportunities, learning new things, traveling, socializing, hobbies, you know, learning a language, doing creative things like art. There are many ways to grow your cognitive brain matter and that like so for example if you went on my website and you downloaded the free emotional workbook under the newsweek logo and you started learning that you would be growing your great your brain matter you would be grow you would be using neuroplasticity and helping yourself in the long run so there's another good reason to do it but definitely you do not have to have aging brain as you age you can and you might one of the things I realized in rehab was out of some conversations there. Uh, it's not that I'm like overly smart people. No, I'm not particularly over, overly smart. It's that I'm continually engaging in activities that grow my neuronal pathways and, and cause near my brain, brain to grow instead of shrink. So it's not that I'm overly smart. It's that my brain is constantly, you know, growing in a, in a positive way. So that was number four. Number five, stay engaged. What makes you happy? You would be really 
do well to bring love and affection into your life square straight yes it would be really fantastic if you learned how to generate your own happiness so no matter what happens you can still have a sense of happiness even if things are going south get engaged with life and people create a beautiful life for yourself why not if you had this beautiful future that you knew was yours when you were quote unquote old well wouldn't that be exciting wouldn't that be amazing wouldn't that be magical wouldn't you want it yes you would want it of course you would want it so get in action to make that happen because we don't we don't engage in magical thinking here no so if you want a magical beautiful future it will take some action some planning some strategizing you know and you're gonna have to show up for yourself to make it happen so stay engaged number six do financial planning and saving well this is another concern that comes up with getting old is will i run out of money well you might run out of money if someone steals all your assets and leaves you with the pile of debt and i hope that doesn't happen to you i certainly hope it doesn't at the same time you know what this happens to people men and women all over the world all over the u.s time and time again every week of the year every day this happens a lot. It's just people aren't talking about it. So deal with your finances. You can save, you can, you know, do whatever you have to do, but there's no reason if you start doing it, you, you should have that concern. My next suggestion, number seven, is on the vein of neuroplasticity. I, I just love neuroplasticity because it has so many different implications that are positive for human health. But use affirmations. So affirmations are short statements designed to address an issue or a problem. And they are done repeatedly. The more repetitiously they're done, the more that they will impact. But this is how you can create rewire your brain and you know reprogram your brain on the area of aging. So for example, you were going to use an affirmation to help yourself get over the fear of getting old. I would use something like, I'm going to enjoy getting older. My life is getting better every year. Or I'm looking forward to each day and every birthday and growing older. Now, there will be people who say, oh, affirmations, poo-poo, they don't work. Oh, my goodness, people. Uh, I, I just, it's very frustrating when people who are not educated in the science say things like that neuroplasticity is not a new thing it's not commonly known but it is not like some brand new spanking thing maybe brand new spanking thing to you but this is this is dyed in the wool concrete there are books and books on it go get a book listen to my podcast but do not buy into somebody's bs that affirmations will not work the affirmations are actually a shortcut in to get into your subconscious and unconscious mind and um and they do work i'm telling you they work because we know about the science of how they would work <laughs> it's called neuroplasticity number eight i certainly hope you are not going to become or be like some people where you look back and you think high school was the best time of your life or college was the best time of their life or their 20s were the best time or their 30s were the best time no 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 heck no no please if you're doing that now stop it like if 
you're doing that. It's no wonder you don't want to get old because the best part of your life already happened. That is heartbreaking. That makes me so sad for you. Stop it. Stop it right now. So what you want to do is start creating that every part of your future is better and better and better and and more beautiful and bright. Do not have your past be the best it ever could have been. No, that takes away your future. That's a, that's a future killer. And I know people, and that's how they live. Their high school years or their college years or their 20s or their 30s or whatever uh, was the best time of their life. No, I'm telling you, you can still do that. Go right ahead. You can do whatever you want. It's your life. I am telling you that cuts you off from dreams and a beautiful future. So I, I don't recommend it at all under any circumstances. My next suggestion, number nine, <laughs> number nine <laughs> is to bring play and having fun into your life, like fully in your current everyday life. Why not? Listen, I was not happy I had this car accident. I'm still dealing with the shock. I'm still processing my emotions three months later. But I, I thankfully, I know how to play and have fun because that's my wheelhouse. And in rehab, because you only get so many, you know, minutes or hours of physical therapy, I was like, what am I going to do all day? Oh my gosh, I'm going to die of boredom. So I did what makes me happy. Making podcasts and helping other people get their lives turned around is one thing that gives me great joy. So have fun and play. <laughs> I, I will say I do think the rehab staff was a little surprised that, that I had as much fun as I did because I was in rehab and unable to walk. But fun, 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 play, play, play. Now, for some of you, you're too serious, so you'll have to ditch that and learn to laugh at yourself. I do have podcasts that will help you on having more fun and play or laughing at yourself. But it's a choice. Next, number 10, I recommend that you have uh, a good number of solid social connections and make the effort to stay connected because it's very easy to drift apart. People change jobs, their circumstances change. It is very easy to lose contact, very easy. And some people are more wired to kind of just do the solo thing, but you will not regret if you make the effort to keep your social connections at, throughout your life. That will help you. It will. We know it will help you in many ways from the research. So keep that. My next suggestion, number 11, might surprise some of you, and some of you won't like it, and I don't really care, but get hobbies for yourself that you love. And I'm going to say right out of the gates, gaming does not count. You can keep it. You can keep gaming. That's that's your choice. But I'm not count, willing to count that as a hobby. Now, I do understand some of you are doing sandbox games where you're, you know, in a, in a playful environment with other people. Or you may do multiplayer games on a server or what have you. But I'm not counting that for a number of reasons, which my hobby podcast would explain to you or other material, but this is not optional. Why? You need things in your future to look forward to that you can count on, that you can rely on, that will occupy time when you retire or when your kids grow up or when, you know, whenever you have time. And many people, they do not have a sufficient number of hobbies and some people don't really have any that they really love or enjoy. You want to put this in your toolbox now. Start figuring out now, what do I love to do? If you love fishing, great, go fishing. You know, you could become an expert master fly fisher or, 
you know, those little fly things they put on the hooks, you know, making those. Or you could become, you know, in any number of, of you know, woodworking or crafts. There's male hobbies and female hobbies and, of course, you know, genderless hobbies, which all of them are. But get some serious hobbies. For real. For real. Non-negotiable. Sorry. All right. Number 12. Create a when I can bucket list. Well, I don't know how many of you have bucket lists. I had one back in the day and then I did a lot of the things on it. I'd have to create a new one. Like what would you do? What would you enjoy if you had the luxury to do things? Many of you are working and you have families and so your time is all kind of, you know, parceled off for that. But what would be the bucket list if you could or when you could? What would it be? What would inspire you? Well, I don't know, maybe you'd like to visit all 50 states or visit, you know, 30 foreign countries. What would inspire you? A Broadway play or going to a concert or seeing the Super Bowl or some other sporting event? Or, you know, what what would inspire you? Going to see all the different, um, you know, rock and roll halls of fame or, you know, different museums. I don't know. But get a bucket list together that you would be so tickled about and inspired all right that's that number four, 13 okay some of you will really not like this and I'm okay with it but who are you going to grow old with I think this is a reasonable question because what we do know at any age I mean we have more young people now that are lonely than probably in the history of humanity and for a number of reasons because of technology changes and social media and you know the breakdown of the family and all kinds of reasons but so like in life in general, who are you going to do life with? Because it's great if you have a best friend. It's like really cool if you have a best friend, which for some of you could be a sibling. It could be, you know, a family member. could be your best friend from, from forever. And for some of you, it's your romantic partner. It's your spouse or your significant other. And that's all like fantastic. It doesn't have to be romantic. But it's really going to empower you if you have people that you are going to grow old with. I, that, like going back to that social connection, they will be helpful. But who's going to be your primary person? Like for myself, well, seven years ago, there was no way I was going to have a romantic partner in my life ever. Like, you know what, will freeze over before that will happen. And now, uh, seven years later, all these things have happened. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I can't wait. I can't take credit for it. I can't take credit for that change. That was not intentional. But you could have it be intentional. So decide for yourself, who do you want to grow old with? Because what we don't talk about, which we should probably talk about, is, you know, we some of us, we've picked a life partner and we picked badly. Or we picked a life partner and they were wearing a mask that we couldn't see through and they weren't who they said they were. We, they were not at all who we thought they were. And so we end up alone. So we had a life partner and now we don't. But it's a good question to engage in. It's a good long-term question because do you want to grow old by yourself? Well, you might. And then again, you might not if you actually did the work on healing whatever was broken which I've had to do a lot of healing um, to get to this point. But that's a good question. Who are you going to grow up with? Number 14. I do not recommend that you are doing life right now, however old you are, living in a way where you have regrets. Regrets are not powerful. Regrets sting and they can last, well, they do last a lifetime from 
everything I understand. So do you want to spend your life wondering what if? What if I had taken the job? What if I had taken a chance? What if I had not been afraid? What if I had tried a little harder? Like you can do life however you want, but regrets are not cool. They are the things that your brain gets stuck on. And the reason your get brain gets stuck on them is because of the Zygarnik effect, which is this psychological tension that happens when things are incomplete. So if you had a goal or a desire or a dream or a wish that you did not either act on or you didn't try hard enough or whatever, then that could leave that regret and that tension, which is normal because you're, you're, you didn't complete it. So even though... Uh, you can live life with regrets. Why not take the chance? Because then you won't wonder. I don't know about wondering. Like I, I've taken many chances in my life and looked <laughs> looked foolish. Like one time I tried to start this organization with a group of people in college and it failed. We, like flat on our face. Nope, nope, nope. And uh, my name was the only one in the paper because I was the only one foolish enough to say, oh yeah, you can put my name to that group. And so everyone was laughing at me well good for them because guess what we came back around we gave it another try and we as a group were successful but I always would have wondered what would have happened if I hadn't tried again so I did like well people are already laughing at me and my name was already associated with the failure so what well I'll try it again because what worst case I would fail again but people talk themselves out of things and then live with regret don't do that that's not that's not that's not you being powerful and I want you to have this powerful life as you start to get older you know even if you're only 20 right now you could have a powerful life all the way up to when you're old so then I have a couple final parting thoughts which are really like my wishes for you and and I really hope that if you can't do these things because these are my heartfelt wishes for you that you can move eventually into the position to be able to have this for yourself. So my one wish for you is that you can admit when you made a mistake or got something wrong, like you're human and there's just power and love and compassion to be able to say, you know what? I made a mistake and I got it wrong. Like just that is free. And also my wish for you is that you're able to apologize for your mistakes and say, I'm sorry. And we have a lot of people who cannot or will not say they're sorry. I definitely have a wish that you can laugh at yourself. That is, listen, that is very fun. <laughs> very fun, people. It is so fun to be able to laugh at yourself. And, and that means you're going to have to ditch the perfectionist and lighten up a little bit. Uh, my other wish for you is that you can begin, if you don't already, uh, begin to appreciate yourself. Look, you're amazing. I don't even know you and I already know you're amazing because you're a human being and you're it's extremely likely you're doing the best that you can and that's all you need to do so if you can begin to appreciate yourself and your imperfections life will be be way different I promise you I other wish for you is that you can be your authentic self there listen it is very fun and very freeing to be authentic like to not give a hoot what people think of you. Now, I'm not talking about doing bad things, okay? Like, no, I'm not talking about being mean or cruel and then not caring what people think. I am talking about at the very core that you have goodness and love and light at your core, but that you can be yourself and move your life forward 
and be authentic. And then like, I, I, you know, I know I'm a good person because I know what my end game is. So it's freeing. It's just beautiful to be authentic and for you to be with people where you can be yourself and you don't have to hide and you don't have to pretend. My other wish for you is that you will forgive yourself and others, giving yourself grace, giving other people grace. And that doesn't mean, by the way, that you let everybody in your life. There are people who do not belong in your life and it's painful to recognize that. But, you know, give yourself and others forgiveness, grace and compassion. And, and for me, this kind of boils down to making sure, this is my other wish for you, that you have peace. P-E-A-C-E, peace in your life. That means no drama. You're like, just like love, affection, compassion, peace, no drama, no BS. And whatever it is you that you want, my wish for you is that you go for it. Like, you know, no one's out of your league. No one's better than you because you actually are very worthy. You're very deserving. You're very lovable. And my final wish is that you would like come to see that in yourself, which I understand for many of you, many, many of you, that is very, that is too hard. You can't, you're, you're too self-loathing or too, you know, feeling you're too hard on yourself to let that in, but you really are. You're an amazing human being. Let that in. And hopefully if you take action, there is no reason that getting old wouldn't be as much fun as when you were 20. Or whatever age was fun for you. And for some of you, if life has never been fun, well then start listening to my podcast and start getting in action because that makes me heartbroken. Heart, heart, heartbroken. But life is hard. It is hard. I know that. I have unspeakable traumas and unspeakable bad things people have done to me that I will not talk about. Although some of, them, some of those people have gone on and bragged to other people. Um, so I know how hard life is, but life can be beautiful. Life can be very rich even when it's hard. So get your ducks in order is the bottom line, is the moral of the story of this podcast. So that as you age, life becomes better and better and, and you're not left, you know, being afraid. All right, that's it. Love you. Take care. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 151, Fear of Getting Old. I certainly hope you've gotten some new ideas about how to deal with this fear because it's not really a necessary fear if you take action to deal with different aspects of aging and getting older. I certainly hope you will subscribe to my podcast because, of course, you wouldn't want to miss one. <laughs> and I certainly hope you will share this on social media or with your friends and family because fear of getting old is, is a real fear. It's a real thing for sure. I hope you're hanging in there. I love you. That's it for now.